Welcome back to this week's episode of The Wellhouse Exorcism. I am your amazing hostess, Shanna. I'm PJ. And our returning champion. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, Kyle Thatcher. Very nice to be here. Second visit. Thank you. See, at least he has a cool tagline. I told you in the last one, I set you up for some really good ones. And you go, I'm PJ. I'm John. I'm just just doing them on purpose. I know you are. And it's like, well, that fell flat. At least Kyle gets it. Welcome back, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Honest answer. How do you feel about your intro music to uh, the only person to have intro music? The only person of all three shows. All three. Um, it's pronounced Ouija. (laughs) He said it. He said he the thing. Said a thing. <laughs> He's doing the bit. <laughs> you know, someday we're gonna be rich and famous, and everyone's gonna be like, "We love Khan." I'm like, I've been here the whole time. It's my <laughs> it's, it's my podcast. Me over here, the hostess. That's okay. Eventually, eventually, you know, when uh, I have plans to do a, a couple of podcasts, possibly, and and we're gonna do our own thing. So it'll, I'll transfer any fandom over to that, and then you guys can have we can have mashup podcasts. No, I want to be on there. I want to like have like sassy something with Shannon like S what do we do alliteration creepy thoughts with Kyle right the K sounds well I, I talked to, not to not to plug it too much but I, I have the idea that with uh, that I'm working on with my best friend uh, where we talk about horror movies mm-hmm. um, which I definitely want to be a part of for some of those yeah and and sounds like fun and um, so I don't know if you want me to say the name is yeah okay go for it go ahead. plug plug um, away yeah we so plug podcasts every week and I don't go pay for it we're <laughs> we're still working we're still working on uh, the format and getting it, uh, everything worked out technically um, but we're gonna call it uh, Nosfera dudes I'm so glad you stuck with so that awesome. yeah <laughs> and um, and I'm also I I was thinking about doing one with um, with Jen possibly as like a kind of a side bit. Um, and and I didn't want to step on your toes as How queen of the you? paranormal. I'm not the queen of the paranormal, but <laughs> but I, <laughs> I want to go to heaven one day. I, <laughs> I dabble. <laughs> I'm super in, interested in um, liminal events, um, like interdimensional, like weird disappearances, mm. things like that. Like you can go on his podcast for all your weird crap. Yeah, you like ultra yeah. ultra ultra yes. dimensionals. Yes. You know, which can can loop into cryptids, but it wouldn't be like a cryptid. You can take yeah. all the cryptids. I, I gift it to you. But like Mothman. Yeah, there like you when go. You talk about ultra dimensionals. Like you hear Mothman about the woman who has a chupacabra stuffed and it has been tested from scientists from around the world. No, because it's not going to be on this podcast. It's going to be on his. But that that one, the <laughs> working the third episode, <laughs> the working title for that one, I just came up with tonight. And I think um, we might call it Liminal Unlimited. Ooh, I Ooh. like it. So, so that that's that's where you know. And once that, you've established yourself, episode yeah. three ish is going to be the chupacabra, and we'll send PJ over as your <laughs> resident expert. Get go on, get shoot. I'll get a water spin like water gun. Yeah. Right, so anyway, tonight we brought you back because I'm, I pulled out your book again because I love reading their book. But um, so we're going to go back to ghost stories of Lehigh Valley. Who you are the resident expert because y'all live there. Yeah, um, a little bit. <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little bit. You know, a couple years here or there. And we're going to talk about two places in particular. One, you are very well versed in because Kyle's a naughty boy and he's been there. Yeah. It is? Hexenkopf. Hexenkopf Rock. Excellent. And then the second one will be Hawk Mountain, which ties in, and I'll talk about how it ties in. So uh, today's uh, podcast won't be the usual where you discuss like a, why places are haunted and then move into the story. It's going to be two different, very well-known areas. Um, for us. 
I also want to kind of say that you see some of these stories over here in our area too. So it's, I, I, as I was reading all of this and getting ready for this week's research, I kind of felt like as people kind of like moved westerly more in Pennsylvania, the stories continued and you have these haunted rocks everywhere. Or you have yeah. like, you know, we have um, just driving out to Catawissa, there's the Indian head rock, you know, like there's these places and there's these haunted locations on mountains because they're mystical and the Native Americans, they're doing their, you know, their powwows and whatnot. And so these stories just perpetuated as you go more westerly, even out to Duquesne and out to like Pittsburgh and Erie, they all still exist. Well, even as I was reading about Hexenkopf, it made me think of Suicide Forest in Japan. Yeah. Where, the, you know, like it's this creepy place with this weird background and, mis, you know, myst, uh, mysterious, mysterious lore behind it where there have just been this undaunting number of suicides in the area, you know. Yeah, but I'm sure we'll get into that some a little more as we talk about it. But Yeah, I think I think there's like a weird there's a weird crossover that happens between number one. I mean, people just had a tendency to identify places it's like back you know i mean not everybody had a, a map you know <laughs> yeah. not yeah. everybody not everybody had like an established map with them so it's like if you wanted to tell somebody like where to go or where to meet up or whatever it's like landmarks yeah it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. oh yeah go to hex and go to hex and cough rock and You'll then see it, it glows there's witches yeah and then you're gonna <laughs> turn north and go you know, two more miles. Yeah. You know, take and that's a right where the, the place creepy, is. you know, Lenny Lenape burned down village and then take a right over by the, but yeah. then, the, then I think there, that crosses over with, I think there are those, those places that, um, for whatever reason, whether that was, um, uh, intention of local people or whether like a suicide forest, yeah. I think that there's something to be said for, there are places that harbor negativity Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, just just like there's certain places you go to and they're like, you know, you hear, you know, choirs and they're inspiring and you feel nothing but positivity. There are places that you go like, you know, you can think about it simply like, you know, Star Wars, like light side and dark side. There are some places that hold negativity. Well, and you think like with your gut too, you know, there's a lot of like that's before like on this podcast that that current research in the gut and how all of our emotions come from our gut. And if our gut is out of sorts, the rest of our body is actually out of sorts. But like there's something to be said, like you walk into a room and you go, mm, I don't want to be here. Like that's your gut telling you negative space, get out. Yeah. So Hex and Cop, I feel like is one of those locations where um, it doesn't sound scary. And like reading the different research, some people are just not worried about it. Other people are freaked out by it. So it's, it's actually like it's, beautiful. Yeah. It's actually a very pretty place to visit. And so actually one of my articles, <laughs> I only printed it because it was so funny. Um, the, this person named Priscilla Kinter, she lives there. And so this is in the Orion um, um, newspaper and mag- I should say magazine. So if you go on to orionmagazine.org, you'll actually see it. But she's like, she's kind of sassy about it. She's like, apparently it's like imbued with all this terrible stuff. But her the end of it, she says this. I just, it just makes me giggle as I hit my mic. Perhaps it's ironic that I never knew our hill was supposed to be cursed or haunted or harrowing in any way. I never heard about headless ghosts or contagion winds, about mysterious lights and sounds and trees. Never knew anything of it until I was decades older and far away. So I just, you know, it's interesting. If you live there, she's she says it's a beautiful place. It's densely wooded. You can see beautiful birds there, flowers. Isn't there like a lot of like herbs that grow up there naturally too? That's what the one of the articles said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When uh, we went, uh, my friends and I it was probably a group of about, gosh, I want to say maybe eight of us almost. Um, and we went and visited during the day. There was no way we were going to go up there at night. Um, Smart, see. 
we we also well just just for the Plus fact safety right well yeah just for the fact that we're like okay this is like kind of a, a like a mini mountain you know and we we're like we don't want to be climbing I was gonna around. ask how big it was yeah they're it, actually that's put in here they actually give you all those those stats so um it is peak elevation seven seven hundred ninety one feet isolated prominence on a ridge of South Mountain. There you go. Yeah, there's like there's like a long draw, like when you go from the road, which is Hexenkopf Road. Mm-hmm. When you go from the road and go up into the woods, there's a long sloping draw as you go up. So part of that elevation you don't necessarily experience right away because yeah. you're just kind of walking uphill and it's a, a Does it shallow. Think it's kind of incline. man-made because they've walked it so many times. I think it's because it's been traversed. Oh no, no, no! It's na- it's like a natural formed you know location. So like it, it a long slope up, and then once you get there, it's sort of like it has more of the feel of like a boulder field, oh, okay. like it and and stacked. You know, so it is like this little mini mountain and and you have to climb up it um, there. You can't just like stroll up. You can't just do like a little hike. You actually have to like get up on the rocks and like climb up to different places. It reminds me of when I was in Maine. We did that in Maine with my friend. Um, it was awesome. It was fun. I have pictures of climbing, but you to climb like up the boulders. You're scaling it. It's not very safe, but yeah. it's fun. And I mean, I, I'm, you know, an overweight and, you, you know, even then I was an overweight out of shape you know, theater geek. And so, you know, for me, like I got to the top, it's not hugely hard to climb this thing. Um, and we got to the top and we, and the top doesn't come out of the tree. The trees are still above you. Um, so we got to the top and, um, yeah, I mean, it's a very nice place. We didn't experience anything strange while we were there, but it was like middle of the day, the sun's out. We're up there just having fun. But it was one of those things where, like, we read about it and we were like, hey, this, of course. Is, <laughs> this place is nearby. Bring the Ouija board. This place is nearby. Let's go check it out. And um, and we had no kind of – there was no registering of, like, that that was private property. But nobody came and shoot us away. Yeah. I mean, we were parked right out on the road. You so know? they're obviously yeah. – Yeah. I think it's only if you're there – like, if you if you were to park there and go up there at night or you were very obviously doing, like – vandalism Weird or something things. like that. P- I'm sure like Katie's church. I'm sure yeah. you would get like the local cops called out on you or something. But we were just, you know, and that like a couple of the friends got nervous. They were like, well, what do we like if somebody shows up, if the cops show up or something? What? And we were like, we're just having a, a nature hike. We're just hiking. Yeah. And and oh, we're sorry. We didn't know. This we was Hexen Cop? We, th- we thought this was public property. So sorry. And we just leave, you know? Yeah. Or it could be like us at at the cemetery. (laughs) No, we're ghost hunting. Look at our cool pictures. Yeah. I I said, said, just make sure nobody has any substances in case that were to happen. (laughs) That way we just get to leave. We're going to reenact all the powwows that happen. So I guess we should probably start off now after with that beautiful like imagery because it is uh, here. It, you know, I've never been there, but I saw the pictures. It seems absolutely gorgeous because in Pennsylvania, like we have some of the best foliage. Like I've been, we've been all over the United States now. Yep. I gotta say, there's something amazing about Pennsylvania. We have all four seasons, and our trees change to beautiful reds and yellows, and the foliage mm-hmm. and the snow is beautiful. Like so, all of our seasons are gorgeous. We may hate some more than others, and they may have their sucky parts, like end of July here and August. Oh boy, I I hate all of that humidity hate the mosquitoes but i hear that it's gorgeous there because it has all the foliage and it has all those natural the birch trees and everything yeah all of it 
Oh yeah, and when you're when you're up there and you're in the treetops, like you can't see the road. You're like you're completely isolated from hmm. you know the world. Wouldn't that be kind of like be so relaxing i feel like oh yeah yeah it's, it was very very pretty but there's also some some odd things and i can get into that well, yeah, as so, we as we move well there are weird things that's why we're talking about it otherwise this isn't a nature podcast <laughs> <laughs> look at this neat hawk good, no. good times good times <laughs> oh boy anyway so Hexenkopf is famous. The name is very Germanic, which we'll get into in a second. Hexenkopf. Oh, very, very German, yeah. Um, but it actually was used by the Leni Lenape Indians originally. It was a place where they had powwows. So there's a lot of negative energy connected around that because they're powwows. And then when German explorers came here, they saw that as like, you know, bad stuff, bad juju kind of thing. Um, so we know that like they didn't want to use it. But one guy named Johann Peter Seiler was a powwow doctor. So he used it to do like lots of, you know, things to like get medicinal herbs and use powwow medicine. Like he kind of followed the superstitions. And of course, his name, Sailor, became Sailor. So his son, Peter Sailor, kind of continued that. So there's that little bit of a background. But just knowing that Lenin and Lenape are connected is actually really important because they get like, I want to say like really misconstrued by uh, current Pennsylvanians and maybe a lot of the, of America Technically speaking, Pennsylvania refuses to admit that the Lenny Lenape live here or they ever lived here. Still, like we're the only state that like re refuses to recognize them. And one of the reasons why is because we pushed them out and it's just an embarrassment that we took over so much of their land. Um, and they broke away from um, the Iroquois because they're part of the, the, the big council tribes and everyone came over here for safety. And Lenny Lenape are actually the ones who fought a lot of the time with the French in the French and Indian War. Well, yeah, that's the, the, the all kind of related to the Algonquin, mm -hmm. you know, groups. And, um, yeah, and that's where the, the powwow, you know, verbiage is derived. Well, and, and, like, and, when kids are in school, they learn, oh, the Lenin and Lenape were, you know, all about the turtle. So what's one of their major symbols for Mother Earth? And they made uh, the, well, we all have the log cabin kind of look, right? The, the, all their different, like, but they also were in Native Americans who, when pushed, because they were very loving and very giving, which is why they were taken advantage of horribly many times with, like, you know, terrible um and fake like papers um what was that one that was well even william william, william penn the walking purchase the walking purchase yeah the walk that's that, that was a big one um well actually no that was his son william penn did it. his children were the awful ones yeah so it was yeah. Log uh, james logan i think is his name but yeah they had they hired three different people to walk and over walk the fastest they said he was the walking person so they got more land but yeah so they started like you know attacking they there were many skirmishes that for some reason don't pop up in the major um battles if you like research this like the seven years you know Native, uh, american indian war but you have major battles happening 1755 you know you have a braddock not win at duquesne and so we have that pushback over in pittsburgh area so that bad stuff happens you have the massacre of penn creek which is just horrific. And there's, you know, later in about um, Hawk Mountain. So Lenny and Lape were like known for coming in and doing these quick, you know, guerrilla style skirmishes, killing everyone on the farm, said lighting everything on fire, sometimes taking young children, especially girls in as slaves to work. And if you read like the book, I am Regina, that actually is the story of one girl, Regina, who was stolen during one of those major skirmishes. So you have that negativity of this kind of like war faction tribe 
um, connected to Hex and Cop. So like that, I think is important because while they're doing powwows, they also did not like the white man for many obvious reasons. You know, my yeah. my mother coming from the Cherokee background and how the Cherokee and the Choctaw were taken advantage of, and that uh, the Kawasaba, like it's just I I feel for the Native American plight, especially since most of the Lenape are like in Oklahoma now because they're pushed that far away. Well, and, what, and wasn't it too, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it too that when um, whichever pen it was, Thomas set up, Thomas, Thomas pen, yeah, I knew it was set, one of the bat, yeah, set up the walking purchase. Um, the idea was it was however far a man could walk in a in day, one day, but they said, but you never told us it had to be just one man. And you also didn't ha- tell us where they had to start from. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he had them. He actually had them spaced out across the state. Well, I think what and so they is... started and would walk that distance in the day to like the next locate. You know, mm. and and they just had to all start at you know when the sun came up, yeah. and they got to wherever they walked. And he said, "Oh, well, that's all for, ours." For uh, our our bicentennial, as it was this year, the two hundred and fiftieth, whatever. Yeah, for our 250. town. Um, I did a lot of research on my own to just in case I was asked any questions because they, they can throw you some some loopy questions. And um, so for that entire thing, he hired three guys, but it was because he wasn't sure who'd walk the fastest and he won the most amount of land. So he had three different guys. Two guys could not keep up a steady pace. But the third guy, they had a trail mate. So they showed him where to go. And so it was easier to get the land they wanted because they had that trail totally ready for him, mapped out, easy to get through to traverse. And that's why they end up getting all of that because they were shady, horrible people. But wasn't there also a treaty of Easton to kind of fix a lot of the issues? Like again, Easton being the county seat, I want to say there was a, tra- uh, there was the treaty of Easton. That, uh, that I would have to, I would have to look it up. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it, well, we'll go. It's me. I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, so having that background then, and then bringing in that Dutch folklore to Hexenkopf, I think it's again, really important to have that background and how the Lenny Lenape kind of connects to um, Hawk Mountain too. So I want to go in really quickly before you take control and tell your spooky stories you naughty boy to the ghost stories of lehigh valley once again by charles j adams iii and david seabolt because i just they just do such a good job it's also called misery mountain is there a reason for that like do you know why they that's a secondary name um misery mountain for for all i can remember is that the only reason it was called that was because of the fact that um, there had been some uh, deaths attributed. Oh, that's, yeah, you know, there's a yeah, it makes sense to the location, and then not only that, but because um, it was known to uh, bring bad luck. That gotcha. that if you okay. went if you went there or you lived in the area around it, and the mica and the rock, if you saw the glowing rock, yeah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. So I want to just quote from this text because again, you're not from Pennsylvania. We're we're tossing lots of big words at you because I can say Lenny and the Lenape, like no problem. We can say you know. Um, Monongahela, we can say Duquesne, like we know how to pronounce these words because we're locals and we're used to all the Native American words. Um, but we also have a rich Pennsylvania Dutch history. So Hexenkopf and Seiler and Beitzer and all these names, like they're easy for us to pronounce because we're used to seeing them. Um, but here's the background then. So we know that, of course, we have all the Dutch um, come over and, of course, the Puritans come over. So it says, many of the most substantial stories of this darker side of the Pennsylvania Dutch were recorded in the dialect, a lyrical corruption of German and English, which is still spoken by a small number of Lehigh Valley residents. Indeed, the origins of some of the deepest of the occult practices can be traced to ancient Germany, where such events as Walpurgeistnacht per brought the fear of the power of the underworld to the villages and countryside of the Rhine River Valley. 
On this evening, April 30th, folks would prepare bonfires and other distractions, which would ward off the evil spirits and witches who were said to roam at midnight. And so you have that very old-fashioned belief of, like, you know, Krampus. Valpurgisnacht. Yes, all those fun stuff. That's actually in Fantasia, when the the demon is at the top of the mountain. That's the mountain Uh, in Germany where it was believed that the evil forces spewed out of on... Purchase boogie, 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 boogie. Yeah. So you bring that, mix it with all the Lenape stuff. Was it Ball stuff. Mountain? Ball Mountain. Yeah. Is it Bald or Ball? I think it's B-A-L-D, Bald Mountain. I thought it was Ball. The well, music, right? PJ. Night, Night on Bald yeah. Mountain. Is it Bald? I've played it many times in band. At this local school. <laughs> um, but again, I, you you add that very dark, you know, Germanic Dutch history with the Lenape traditions of what they were doing. And then what was currently, am I right? Bald. Oh, okay. Ah, that's right. Once again, 2002 for that book. It definitely was a Treaty of Beast. Don't even look it up. Mama's got a sharp mind. When I when I come on my podcast, I don't know much, but I know that. Now. Uh, but yeah, so I just think it's interesting that we have this belief in this place that is so beautiful because you bring in these dark traditions. And you got a guy who is from that area coming over. Well, I'm going to make powwow medicine now. I'm going to, you know, make money <laughs> off of this. But the the witch's hill or, you know, Hexenkopf, because it's translated, right? So it means witch's head. Right? Yeah, witch's head, yep. It is shiny Y. Take us away. Paint us a picture with your words. Oh, it, it, yeah. It's got uh, mica deposits all over the, the mountain. So that when uh, the idea being that, that that part is a bit of a, uh, what's the word, a bit of a humbug. You know, that uh, when the moon hits it on, a, on a, a bright night in, you know, fall when the leaves are off the trees... It looks like it shimmers. It's or... not a pizza pie and a more. <laughs> the, the hill looks like it shimmers or glows. But like, wouldn't that be naturally beautiful? Like, I can see why you would think, oh my gosh, ghosts. But like, that would be so cool to see. Oh, really? Because now it's been like washed away. Like, it, years of erosion have like got rid of most of the mica deposits, right? We, I have no idea. That that's something that um, road know. trip. Road yeah. trip. Yeah, you would you would have to ask some locals or observe it at night on a on a bright night. I don't know. But yeah, so in the book it says, scattered deposits of mica on the rocks in Hexenkopf make it glare in the moonlight. As Boyd said, local people looked upon Hexenkopf as they would have looked upon the throne of the evil one himself. So instead of seeing a beautiful, miraculous event with mica and shimmering moonlight, they went, ha, the devil. <laughs> I love that. And so, of course, all of our folklore is then created. Witches are up there, burn them, you know, hang all the witches. All oh, the Indians were there, so therefore there's bloodshed and dead people. Cause yeah, they, yeah, they, they had a... They didn't understand the Native Americans. Yeah, they had a belief that the that the... The place just drew negativity. Um, that they believed witches held sabbaths up there, that's and that's actually um, so. When Was we it a black sabbath, it could be Sharon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sharon, I can't climb the hill. Um, so <laughs> I'm just seeing that now in my head. But it was Micah, Micah. And it. I'm the prince of bloody darkness. Jack Osborne's there with his EVP device <laughs> trying to get voices. Shut up, Dad. <laughs> but uh, but when we went when we went up onto Hexenkopf, um, one of the things that we noticed right away while we were kind of scaling around, trying to feel spooky, um, boogie, boogie boogie was there are um, little fireplaces there, little chimneys. Like natural uh, chimneys, 
basically where people had built fires and you can see where the burnt, you know, pieces of wood and shrubbery and what, you know, kindling. And then you can see where it, it basically, it's sort of like a kind of, um, you see it in like some of the like survivalist shows and stuff where you find a rock formation that's kind of got an, a bit of an indent and then a ceiling, like the back part of it that slopes kind of up towards you. And back in that little alcove is where you make your fire. And then the smoke will, will travel like up that natural slope and up. And so we actually found a couple of those where people had been burning things up there on the rock. Oh, so it really it does have stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, whether that's people going up there and camping out and, you know, trying to have, you know, fun on the haunted mountain, or if that was people thinking that they, they were... Maybe they were roasting marshmallows, Kyle. Okay. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see any marshmallows. Well, they ate them. Um, we did... We did uh, wonder if some of the things that we were seeing in the fires could have been bone but um, we weren't like inspecting I it would not touch too it. deeply um and so yeah there there had been obvious fires that had been set you know and 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 you know as, as some kind of whether it be a camp or whether you want to suspect that somebody was possibly trying to do something more ritualistic there were fires up there well, that's interesting because um, in the other article that I had printed out, actually you have it, and the the PA normal or paranormal and true crime po- uh, blog, it's fantastic. Uh, the person who's in charge, I think her name's Annalise. Uh, you can find her like at Twitter and stuff too. But I want to say down on this first page, she mentions at some point that there's like I want to I want to say that people believe that this place was like haunted even into the 1940s. Isn't that in that that paragraph somewhere 1940s? So like yeah, yeah, we, there because a woman rode her horse out there one night because she was convinced that witches were taking her horses to ride them in the middle of the night because her horses would be like covered in sweat in the morning. Yeah. That's and uh, so she well, took that's... her horse out one night and she came back like mentally unstable. And she's not the only one who has, you know, lived in that area and had like severe mental instability. And so like, well, I want to believe that Hex well, and that... Cop is like fine and neat and, and safe, but that I just... 1940s like that's modern day well i mean there's people even that that have i think it's in the book have had experiences um even more recently than that um let me see it's a pretty big section too yeah the book is very it's exhaustive i would say it really goes into a lot of detail this is yeah here we go um this is uh robert sipe of new jersey door well this is the naps um where they quote Jane Knapp, I won't venture to the rocks at night and positively not on Halloween. Uh, she lives on Hexenkoff Road and her reason for avoiding any confrontation with the powers that may or may not be on the mountain stem from some very personal experiences. On Halloween many years ago, she said, Robert Sipe of New Jersey asked his sister Dorothy Knapp if he could host a party at her home. And so they had the party. The party took place. At midnight, as planned, a few people decided to go up to the rock to be spooky. (laughs) And um, now, of course, these were not the people who lived there because they wouldn't have done that. Um, So, yeah, so they uh, they went up and several weeks later, she says, many mishaps and tragedies followed. There was a thunder and lightning storm and it knocked a tree down that missed a neighbor's home by a couple of feet. 
That same neighbor who lived in the back of the house where the party was held was working at a department store, and one day when she was loading things on a shelf, things fell down and hit her, and she had to go to the hospital. Another one of the adventurers later suffered a hernia and needed treatment. So there is some level of... That connection. Well, and they, I mean, it, there is one thing where you start to attribute bad things to... That coincidence from oh, yourself. Yeah. place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there, you know, there's people even to today that believe you shouldn't go up there. You should mm-hmm. just leave it alone. Well, even say people who live like on or near the property, like buildings frequently catch on fire. Uh, you can't like reliably cultivate crops there. Yeah. They have an odd number of lightning strikes. That's yeah. crazy. Things like that. But back to what you were saying about the woman who believed that her horses were being ridden by witches at night. That is um, to kind of tie back into the powwow medicine aspect of it. Um, so, so the kind of the, the common term that was thrown around, you know, is powwow, powwow medicine, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, powwow practitioners, powwow doctors, even some of them would be called. And the idea being that they would come and if you had an illness in the family that, you know, maybe a regular medicine or if you didn't trust regular medicine, couldn't handle, you would call the powwow man. Um, in some places, I think especially down south, they have they have a similar thing that they, where they call them hand tremblers, where they literally come <laughs> and they uh, and, find the problem in yeah, your body. Yeah, and they and they tremble their hand over top and they pull the illness out. Um, Demon be gone. Yeah, powwow practitioners were basically supposed to be like the same thing. Or if you thought that there was a possibility that you had a run of bad luck and you thought that maybe your property, your farm, whatever, was cursed. And back then they thought, who curses people? Witches. <laughs> and that's one of the signs of, of a witch. There's like certain signs that they mm-hmm. would look for. Uh, the, Listen to the bell witch haunting. The butter that, that doesn't churn. The, blue, the flame that burns blue. Horses that sweat in the morning. You know, these are all kind of the, uh, the cow that all of a sudden doesn't give milk. Give milk, it dries up. You know, so these would all be classic signs for them that they may have been cursed or there may not be the witchcraft. Not the cow is stressed or not getting enough food. No, 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 no absolutely no. not. And so they would call the powwow man to come and lift the curse. And one of the things I think I mentioned talking about the um, crone of the cat skills, that mm-hmm. when I heard the description, then I looked up the picture of it. And when I saw it, the first thing I thought of was that to me seemed like a powwow binding because one of the classic things that they would, they would use everyday items. Well, first of all, it was very much based in Christianity. So they would say prayers. They would bring a Bible every, every now today they're still around some of them. And they, um, it's, what's the word? Uh, brauka. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Brauka or braukarai. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, to need or to make use of. And so, they would use these like common items from around that people would have around their house or common herbs like might be found at, mm-hmm. up at Hexenkopf. And they would come and they would try to in some way trap or bind the illness or the spirit. And one of the classic things they would use is iron nails, yep. uh, bits of twine, things like that. And so when I heard the description of the Corona of the Catskills, I thought clothing that... Clothing line... i thought that sounds to me like somebody bound an evil spirit to that doll 
and then put it and like with Hexenkoff, tried to take it out someplace and drop it off where they thought no one will bother this. Little did they know. <laughs> so was it this place or the next thing that we're going to talk about where the uh, they literally like buried and burned bodies in caverns So that's going to be, that's not Hexenkopf. That yeah. Okay. So Hexenkopf is the place where we're having powwows, you know, it's yeah. beautiful boulders. It's just, it's a lovely location, but I mean, it does seem like it's like negatively enchanted because people are still afraid of it. And I find like no one's really, well, if you believe urban legends, you're afraid of Katie's church. But if you're from the area, it's fake. Like don't even yeah. go up there. Like whatever. Um, Kyle's never been there, which means it has to be fake because Kyle goes to all the bad places. <laughs> Speaking of, do you want to go to home? No. Anyway. Yes. I was, I was going to bring that up later. Come to home with us. There We're we going. Go. Um, Carrie. Carrie, we need that interview. <laughs> Carrie, <laughs> if you're listening. Which you're not. Um, anyway, so there were lots of ghost stories, though, that were in the different articles. Like, so what ghost stories did you hear about Hexenkopf before I, like, numerize them? Well, the biggest thing that I always heard about Hexenkopf was the lights. You would see mysterious lights on the hill, more than just, like, the glow of the, the hill itself. That, mm -hmm. that there were these, like, like, numerous, like, colors, almost like the way people describe, like, UFO orbs. Yeah. yeah. You know, that they would appear and disappear and zip around up on the mountain. Um, and then the biggest thing was that uh, supposedly, because part of how it supposedly got its name was that a witch was chased up onto the rock. Uh, they were chasing her to bring her to justice for, you know, cursing and, and doing witchcraft and all this, and that she fell. Or was pushed, either Oops. either one you hear, and that, and that when she fell, her head hit one of the stones, and that she died, and that that stone is oddly enough the one that looks like the witch's head, mm -hmm. and that you might see her up on the mountain. Now I did um, just perusing through some of the stories, getting ready for. Uh, I did. I do remember reading about. Um, the headless hunter. Yeah, we have but our I, own headless horseman, guys. Not just Sleepy Hollow. But I never ever heard anybody talk about like well, and seeing this that book is or, exhausting or a white fox or yeah. Any oh, of that, that one kind of I'm, I'm confused about. But the PA normal or the paranormal and true crime uh, blog mentions all of these too. But I'm going to go back to the book because you know me being an English teacher. So, Kurt, for, first off, there is a spirit of an old man. Um, and he, if you find him or the ghost of his, because he saw a ghost of his daughter, you'll find his treasure. It's hidden somewhere up there. He'll also just scream at you with a loud boom. That's like classic, like, of course. oh yeah. Classic folktale. I love that. There's also a ghost that has a pig. It's a pig the peg leg, leg yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's so cool. You can hear him tapping. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, they've nicknamed named him Farmer Brown. <laughs> um, he's e easily recognizable by the eerie tapping of his wooden leg on the rocks. So Farmer Brown. Um, which isn't that's not too far off there because Braun is a pretty well known Dutch German name. So Brown actually has come from Braun. Yeah. Uh, there's also ghosts of farmers who in life engaged in volatile disputes over property lines. They're now in Hexenkopf. Um, their feud continued, so you'll see terrible bolts of fire and putrid stenches. Um, there's a headless hunter and his companion, an equally decapitated dog. So yeah. it's it's a headless hunter and his headless dog. And without without the head, I don't know how you're sure it's a dog. That's my only kind of... And that's why this friend. elusive white fox ghost has befuddled marksmen on the hill for decades. <laughs> because they have no heads. <sighs> anyway, so there are lots of different ghosts. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're almost in any in any place where you have a a location that um, people want to that people think you should. It, it's one of the things that actually kind of leads me to believe that even though, like, when I went there, it's during the day, we had a nice, pleasant time. I have a feeling that that place may be different at night. That's like Jack's story with his, his work. And I, and I have a feeling that it does draw some odd things um, because usually stories like those, which I think are probably totally BS. Exaggerated. Mm-hmm. They crop up because that's like local fairy tales to warn like people yep. don't go up there at night Yeah, because you're not going to like what you find when you go up there. So I'm going to tell you there's a headless hunter and his dog. But I'm actually gonna, it's a headless Cerberus. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you that there's like a weird old man and I'm going to tell you that there's all this scary stuff up there, you know, because they're just trying to keep you away. Um, well, there's always a germ of truth in a lot of these stories. You know, we, we just tend to add that gossipy tagline to it. We don't make the story a little bit scarier each time. Yeah, and the story always you know, changes, you know, it always, it always alters from, from one teller to the next. But what's interesting is, you know, a lot of these places like Katie's church, for example, have not withstood the test of time while kids may go up there and vandalize nowadays. Everyone knows that it's not haunted. Like it's, everyone knows that, but this one has stood the test of time. People are still telling these modern stories of bad things that are happening. People are still afraid to go up there. You know, I just, I find that to be quite compelling that this might be a not so great place to go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I and I will say to go along with like we found we found these little kind of fireplace areas while we were up there poking around um, when you we got up. So when you approach from the, the side where Hexenkoff Road is and you go up, it's not to because we went all the way to the top. We were at the very top stone, you know, rock um, where you're in the treetops. And but a, a couple of my friends went down the other side. They wanted to see, you know, what was down Mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. So they started climbing down. And next thing I know, they're kind of like calling us. So we kind of worked our way down around so we could look down from where we were to see where they were. And on the other side of the hill, there is this strange, large plateau area that is in a very rough triangular shape. Mm. And I mean, it looks like it could, it would hold multiple people. I, you know, two of my friends were standing on it and we commented on the day, like right away when we saw it, we were like, and then after seeing the little fireplaces, we were like, this is the perfect place to do rituals. Oh yeah, Hmm. Because like you're up there, you're literally on top of the rocks. You're up, you're way up, you're way up where no one is going to see you, you know, in, yeah. especially on a summer night when the trees are full of leaves. No I one's mean, see the fire. If they're not seeing the fires at night, if, if they're not sending cops up there to like mm-hmm. shoot people off the rock when there's fires going, they're not going to see you if you're on the other side of the rock on this large plateau. Well, doing who knows what. Yeah. It sure looked it was, like a ritual space. If it was one of the articles, because I did so much research, I just pulled the major things uh, for tonight. But there was discussion about the power medicine, to go back to the whole doctoring thing. Yeah. And I put doctors in air quotes because they weren't doctors back then. Modern medicine to begin to like 1900s. But um, when it came to this, they would take people to the mountain because they, they could get this the that, that like supernatural wave of energy to help the people. So... If they ended up dying by these powwow doctors, 
oh, it was the witches. It was the bad juju of the hill, not this crap doctor who isn't a doctor and he's just some kind of crazy cuckoo, yeah. right? So you then you have these like negative deaths. And as we discussed in our last podcast, places where there was a traumatic death, like you're going to have a haunting there because it was yeah. an unjust death, whether it's a hanging or dying by the hands of some crazy powwow doctor. So I feel like a lot of that energy is going to be there. And they mentioned the ritualistic area. So you probably were in the place where one of those stories um, was discussing. Yeah. And if, and if you, if you believe in any way, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think that powwow medicine or, or Braucha or, you know, whatever you want to call it, that, that that's necessarily. Isn't there one called Bruja too? Is it? Well, that's the funny part is that it's very close. It's odd that they would choose the word bracha, which just means to need or to make use of, when it's very close to bruja, which is Spanish for witch. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so it's almost like they're they're in a weird way, whether that's subconsciously or whatever, they're associating it with, with that concept. That basically it's sort of like you're calling in a good witch to alleviate a bad witch. Mm-hmm. Um you know, to alleviate the effects of a bad witch. And so I'm not saying that I believe in any of that, but what I'm saying is if, let's say if, hypothetically, any of it is true, if any of the people that were practicing this stuff at the time, I mean, there were a lot of people that put a lot of stock in folk medicine. If any of what was going on, and we know that some of that stuff actually, like, you know, the kind of wise old woman of the village the crone. Sometimes she knew what the heck she was doing. Yeah. yeah. More so than other people. You know, we so, know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. <laughs> so if you if you put any stock in that, the stories would be that they were literally, you know, pulling these spirits and pulling these curses and things off of these people, momentarily trapping them in some way, and then going up there and releasing that oh, I bumped my mic. Releasing that stuff into the the rocks. What she really did is she put a bandit on your boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so that's the thing. So then then that's where you get that idea that that, that whole place, all the stones yeah. are imbued with that. that. Yeah, the energy again, that you're imbuing yeah. it with that power. And even, even if it's not real, like the fact that you have somebody, let's say you have somebody that truly believes in it, the power of their intention mm-hmm. can be possibly enough to simply imbue the place with negativity. Well, kind of like that. Like a, I discussed the, the power of positive thinking, right? People who like have a, an inflated ego of themselves, they tend to do better because there is that lack of disbelief in themselves. So if you flip flop that, you can have a power of negative thinking, you know, where anything that happens here is going to be bad. And if you believe that all the goodness is going to wash away, you're going to only see the negative. So you're imbuing that negativity into that area. And whether that, energy is going to actually manifest itself or not that who's to say but again if it's coincidence if everyone thing that happened that one lady that the naps if all that stuff happened just coincidentally you know because you always hear people say all bad things come in sets of three it's actually usually true because you're counting okay it's been three things we're done no more no more bad things right and if everybody in the area believes that that's the place where the bad spirits get left at some point it's possible that that becomes a manifestation of where the bad spirits go, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And so then you go there and bad things happen. <laughs> you know? So my question then is before we finish this section and go into the next part, do you think Hexenkopf is haunted? Yes or no and why? I would say that 
it is not necessarily on the numerous stories of headless hunters <laughs> or the like white that. box. Um, but I think that um, having been there, and even though it was like a, a wonderfully positive experience, I think the positivity. I have a sense that that positivity was because that was the positivity we brought to it. I think that there are many people that go up to that place for non-positive oh. reasons. Yeah. And I think that that alone is going to cause, um, uh, uh, I'm a believer in energy, you know, oh, I, I believe in that stuff. And I think that that's going to cause enough, enough of an energy to build up that things are going to happen, you know. I would I would put more stock in the strange lights and and things like that. Like the people who say like that they saw strange lights on the mountain, mm -hmm. you know, that falls more into the category for me of like I know what I saw. You know? <laughs> I was there. <laughs> you know, like you know, it's one thing if like the guy comes into the local tavern and says I saw a headless hunter and his headless dog, <laughs> you know? and you're like shut up, Larry. I saw Farmer Brown. <laughs> you know. But if, but if somebody comes in like, you're not going to believe the crazy crap I saw up on the mountain. There were all these lights. They were going everywhere, and they were multicolored and this, that, and the other thing. Like, that, you know, for somebody, especially of that time period, like let's say we're going back a little ways, you know, to the time period when powwow medicine and things like that might have been going on. And when the mica on, was still fresh and not eroded. That's, you know, that's something that um, I feel like is a little more outside of like – what somebody then would make up like it's a headless hunter is more along the lines of what somebody of that time period would just make up Add on, yep. but yeah. to say strange multicolored lights flashing and zipping around and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff that seems to me something almost of a, a we that's a more modern kind of description See, of i would love phenomena. to know like i wish you could trace back you know oral tradition stories because you can't like they're oral tradition for a reason because i'd love to know when the headless horseman and his headless dog showed up because you have washington irving writing as soon as america becomes america he's our first actual writer and so legend of sleepy hollow was just a germanic story that he put in america he yeah. made his money by plagiarizing oh. everything he wrote oh Oh, Terrytown thinks it's so hot for having a headless horseman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Easton's got a headless hunter. We got one in Sleepy Hollow, and we got one on on Hexenkopf. I know it. Hexenkopf is going to be just as famous. I'm going to write a book. But like, if we're talking like the Lenny Lenape doing all their their terrible stuff, the French Indian War was. We're talking like that was the 1750s through the 60s. Then you have us fighting for America, and then by the 1790s, we finally are an established country, which means that. Washington Irving is not long after. So I want to know what, like, because he became a writer. He was our first writer, hence the name Washington. He's our first American, and he was writing. Did the Headless Horseman show up after his major story? Because this is a Dutch-speaking area, and he's writing about Dutch-Germanic stories. Or does it predate because they would have known the story of the Headless Horseman from their Germanic stories? I just, because I, I feel that that story is fake. I feel that the guy with the peg leg is fake. It's hilarious. Yeah. But I think that's fake. Um, but I, anyway, PJ, before I say my thoughts, what do you think? Uh, I agree with Kyle that I do think it's haunted, but not because of the weird ghost stories and things like that. But I believe in it because of our personal experiences mm -hmm. and what ritual 
rituals in general can do to a property. You just took my entire thing, but you continue. You're doing great. <laughs> so I thought of this all I on love, my own. I love when and, our uh, minds connect, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just took it out of my brain now. Um, um, can I change mine to, I think it's a ritual? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take no, get out of here. It's like last week. No, PJ claimed it. It's PJ. It's like, yeah, it's PJ. It's pronounced a Ouija. Get out of here. He did did it again. He did the thing. He's doing the bit. Anyway, so you're saying ritual. And so we know how, like, the tone of an area can shift on a dime, too. Uh, Doesn't even have to be time of day, but I'm sure, you know, nighttime definitely helped because that's when most rituals happen. Witching hour, yeah. Uh, So it would make, like, all that just adds up in my head. Yeah. To me, why? So if I were to add on to your wonderfully original idea that came out of my brain too, again we're connected because <laughs> we lived in this shared experience. So I feel like we connect. I think it's haunted too, and I know that I've been making fun of it the entire time, but I actually think it's haunted, and I would never go there because I want to ri- go there. Mm, of course you do. Take Kyle. Okay. Um, <laughs> take Simon it. too. Like I just go for a walk. Um, but <laughs> as you said, like the ritual aspect, the the triangle that you mentioned, like that was in my research. So it was interesting to hear your comment because again, this is all happen organically right now, you know. But having that there means that they were summoning some bad stuff, and witches happen in the middle of the night, and they're seeing lights in the middle of the night. Sure, Micah can shine because of moonlight, but. We have fog roll in out of friggin' nowhere because it's Pennsylvania. <laughs> we had a heavy, dense fog advisor this morning, and I'm driving nothing. Two feet later, for boom, wall of fog. That's just how it is. So if they're seeing things lighting up and there is no moon in the sky, something's happening. And those rituals would have happened in the middle of the night during the witching hour. What if? Oh, no. <laughs> colored lights in the sky. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> they built... Hexenkopf. We had the original Skinwalker Ranch. We deserve to be on We've history had it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, they, they come down and they, they say, Hello, German man. <laughs> we would like you to build a mountain for us as our recharging station. <laughs> this mica is lovely. Oh, One boy. of the aliens had a peg leg. Of, that's where it came that's from. That's where it comes from. And they got mad at somebody, so they cut off the person's head. And there's dog's head, too. It's a witch thing. I'll get you in your little... Somebody was watching Wizard of Oz in the 1940s, 50s, whenever it came out. And then they went, you know what? Headless horse, or headless horseman and headless dog. Wizard of Oz. Bad witches. I figured it out. I'll get you and your little dog, too. Not sure how you got to Wizard of Oz with all this, but... You've been inside (laughs) my brain. Last week was a good example. I'm thinking of Fog and Molly's right now. That train of thought was a lot easier to follow. Nope. Nope. Just enjoy the ride. That's how fast my brain works. You should live in my brain for a day. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I truly understand the plight of my gifted kids because I am one. This is a true gifted brain. It's a mess. It's a scribble all over a page, but it's beautiful. Anyway, so we all agree that it's most likely haunted. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think, I think you know, I, I almost kind of wish that there was more history from that area yeah um you know e- the kind of the history of eastern proper is well documented but this is like well on the outskirts well the problem this with is, the rural areas was they yeah. were getting killed off by native americans you know yeah. they'd t- get some land and then they would get in a skirmish and they'd die and, and i they didn't read they, they didn't write i have a feeling this probably falls more in the line just just the just the vibe i get i have no basis for this at all i have a feeling something bad something really bad happened there whether he's doing the thing whether 
I think I thought. I think. Um, <laughs> no, no. I was like, it's that. This is really bad. That's what uh, I'm thinking of. I I have a feeling that that at some point in the very early history of the area, whether it was a uh, a skirmish, a, a skirmish, a, a, a Native American massacre, whether it was um, an actual woman, you know, who's suspected of witchcraft being accidentally or purposefully killed there, something bad happened on those rocks and it got tagged mm-hmm. by the locals as that's the place where bad stuff happens. Yeah. And that's people the place. Went, well, I'm going to go there and do bad stuff. That's the place where the bad things live. And every kind of society, culture, environment, region has that place. That's the place where the bad things live. Even Lion King has that place. Yeah. The yeah. elephant graveyard. Yeah. And and so is that I th- a better brain process? <laughs> is that a good connection? And so once we don't go there. Once it got that label, then it's almost like um, you have a bit of a uh, a battery. And when you have a beacon too for All, those who want to do bad stuff on the mountain. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Where yeah, where 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 is if if you're into ritual magic or witch you know, dark witchcraft or if you're into if you're into that stuff, if you believe so deeply in that stuff and you wanna you wanna really drum up some some, you know, bad juju. Where are you going to go? You're yeah. going to go to the place where the bad things live. Elephant graveyard. Oh, reputation. Yeah. Not elephant graveyard. Never mind. Mm. Darn. Yeah. It's just, it's just like the, um, what is it where they, they're always having in a lot of these places, um, not just in England, but here where you have like the old abandoned uh, insane asylums and you have the old abandoned jails yep. and things. And they're always, always, always having trouble with people breaking in. And, oh, they, yeah. and they find ritual items, they find pentagrams. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm the type of person, I don't believe in that stuff. I think that's a, just a bunch of goth kids, you know, screwing <laughs> Trying around. Trying to be cool. Yeah, they're yeah. screwing around. They're, they're, they're hoping to change their lives in some major way. I think the people who, if, if there's anybody out there that really has something that can do that stuff, they, they don't get together in groups and go do it in public places. You know, they, they own homes and they have, they have rooms in their homes. They're productive members of society. Well, that's the, that's the thing. If, if the stuff, if if they're doing it and it works, they have their own place to do it. They don't need to go to some abandoned joint on a weekend and burn some, you know, black candles, you know, (laughs) and all this kind of stuff. Wait, I know that movie. Oh. But so they're always trying to shoot those kids out of those places. And so that's the, that's that idea is that. People want to do dark things, and so they think we need to go to the dark place yeah. and do it there because that's where it's going to be the most powerful. And then, and then you summon some demons, and your house gets haunted. I mean, Hexenkopf yeah. gets haunted. Sorry, you're right. That well, connection. Yeah, I, and I mean, I do love the idea of like a bunch of goth kids breaking into uh, an old abandoned insane asylum and like accidentally it working. <laughs> I love that idea. I love them accidentally I summoning. I instantly regret this. <laughs> I, I love them accidentally summoning, like you know, some a horror movie, right some there. some <laughs> prince of legions from the seventh level of hell. You know, <laughs> like no, no, no. I, I wanted the dog. Oh man. Yeah, you know, uh, Black Philip. <laughs> you know, no, just shows up. You know, and it's like all of a sudden they're like, oh my god, it worked. <laughs> and then when oh. he goes, but I do want to live deliciously. You know, and it's that realization of, oh, God, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much power. All so. right. 
All right, there we go. Let's move into creepy thoughts with Kyle. I think one of the people. I thought it would be a good idea if we turned Shannon into the the girl. I thought it would be a good idea if we. I thought I thought it would be a good idea. I thought I thought it would be a good idea. Good idea if we turned the the girl from Ringu. This is bad. This is really bad. It's. I love it. It never gets old. That is, you know, PJ's made all of our intro music and that kind of stuff, but that will go down as the best thing he ever made because he took only four clips from you and made that. He seemed like you talk a lot, but it really was just four clips, right? Four? Four. Yeah, that's it. So so first I, I want to say before I go into my actual thought of, on the last episode, um, my one of my coworkers uh, at, at the office, um, he's a listener. This li- is the podcast? He's a listener. Yay! <laughs> and... And he he's like, yeah, they did you dirty. (laughs) (laughs) And we got the idiot to come on again. (laughs) He comes back for more. But he he thought it was amazing. Of course Um, he did. Everyone issues it. Lorna like, Ray's like, when did you know that you had something to work with? And I'm like, it just came to us. (laughs) So my creepy thought from the that was inspired by the last. Uh, episode about Katie's church um, is basically like there. I know that you had guys had some discussion of like, can like cemeteries and churches and things be haunted? And my opinion is that of course they can um, any, any place. I believe that, that because I do believe that hauntings are, I don't believe hauntings are as prevalent as people want them to believe or Hollywood mm-hmm. or, you know, the Warrens but it makes for good or, movies. you know, oh, any of them Warrens. I, I don't, or, or Hans Holzer. Um, I, you know, I don't uh, think that it's as prevalent as people want you to believe, but I think that they are real. I've, I've heard enough stories from personal stories and have experienced enough small things on my own to, to believe that they happen. Um, and I think that any place where you've had high emotion or intense emotion, um, happy or sad, can be a place where a haunting can linger, you know, and whether that's residual or intelligent. Um, so a cemetery uh, where, you know, somebody was ber- was uh, bereaved, bereaved, um, you know, that that may have been the only time in that person's life that anyone expressed. <laughs> those I really love this guy. Them. Really? You did? That's yeah. Awesome. And, and that, that person's spirit may want so badly to hang on to that feeling of people missing them and wishing that they were there. And so they stay, they, yeah. ling- they linger, you know, I like that. I love that word. Mm-hmm. They linger. You know, a song in Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm, I want to linger mm-hmm, a little longer. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the Marcel the Shell song. <laughs> Still so surprised that Marcel's a boy. Like, I'm gonna be honest. Like, didn't I, that was a that threw me for a loop in the movie. It's a boy. And then if ancient if ancient abbeys and cathedrals and things, if they can be haunted, you know, over in England, especially by monks and things like that. Well, then of course, like a, a standard church could be haunted by either a minister or maybe even a bride maybe the happiest day of her life before she was brutally murdered by her husband well, and their stories was in that church and yeah. that's where she wants to spend the rest of her eternity well, because that was her happiest day yep 
Caretakers yeah. taking care of graveyards, nuns still doing their bit, their work, like their yeah. charitable work, because that gave them meaning to their lives. Yeah. So any place where you can, you have intense emotion, deep, deep connection. I think those places can be haunted. I'm gonna uh, get real for a second. I'm always joking around, but I actually made a New Year's commitment to myself to actually be more open, which is really uncomfortable for me, because <laughs> you know, as PJ, like I close myself off. It's uncomfortable if, for me too. I'm, if I get upset... Yeah, actually, actually, could you be less open right now? <laughs> Put your clothes back on for one thing. <laughs> it's a hot down here. <laughs> anyway. No, that's, that's the D&D podcast. Aver, it's not avert, ours. Avert gaze. Avert gaze. <laughs> I'm a married man. I'm a, I'm a married spy. I'm, I'm sorry, married. Kyle. I didn't mean this to happen. I told her to just put something on. Dude. 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 You've done such a good job for the past hour pretending that she's... <laughs> He, he was just doing the whole thing where you pretend that your audience has their clothes off. Oh, he didn't even he know. <laughs> I thought it was just me. I thought it was just me. I didn't realize until right now. <laughs> Is everyone seeing this? No. So, um, like, when I get upset, I don't talk. I go and I'll cry about it in the bathtub or whatever. And then I'll come out and I'm done. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I just, I've always been like a, a sponge. Like, I suck it in and then it, it's gone. Like, that's just how it goes. But now that it's been almost 20 years uh, since my cousin Jenny was uh, horrifically murdered, I feel like I can talk about it more and I can help people through that kind of grieving process, especially with my father having passed away too. I feel like there's just, there's been a lot, and my uncle, um, after my, my cousin, like I feel like there's been a lot of pain in my family, but you know, we've always overcome and we've been positive. And so something that you were talking about earlier when you had mentioned your creepy thought to us before we started the podcast and said it again, I really do feel that like when Jenny was murdered, there was a lot of intense emotion because this beautiful 16 year old girl was horrifically murdered in every way you can imagine by her next door neighbors, you know? So when we, ha we, we can finally have the funeral because of course her body was kept for obvious reasons, like for the investigation, yeah, examinations. <clears throat> um, it, it was, it was hard, you know, and it, everyone was just kind of getting through all that. All of her friends came, of course, the family came, us. Um, and so we get to the graveside, you know, where we're in the cemetery and it just feels so hard to be there. And it, it feels like you don't want to say goodbye because how do you say goodbye to your best friend? Like, I just didn't know how to do that. So as we're there, my, my grandmother had bought this beautiful um, graveside bouquet for her because Jenny's favorite color was purple. And so she called the florist and she said, I want every purple rose you have. And I want a beautiful, you know, arrangement done for her, for her casket. And because everyone knew the story and my gram had lived in Randolph, New Jersey for a long time, like, don't worry, Elaine, we'll, we'll take it. We'll give you a discount. We'll send it. Don't you worry. And I, I think she ended up getting it for free from that flower shop because again, local mm -hmm. community, but there was one beautiful light pale purple rose that was right in the middle of this humongous bouquet. And it, it drew your eye. Like it was just this fantastic honking huge thing. And as the service was progressing, you know, this monarch butterfly flew down and landed on the, uh, the that rose. And it stayed the entire service, even when the bagpipers came out. She actually got, a, she got bagpipes for her because of what had happened. And her friends from school released 16 um, balloons into the sky for every year of her, her life. As the bagpipes were going on and the balloons are flying up, the butterfly left that, that rose and followed the balloons up into the sky. And you never saw any of it ever again. And so... 
it was amazing for i mean we all witnessed this because we're like where to go you know and so now like when we went to visit her grave many times you know afterward and my uncle david did too my aunt Lori still does of course you know it's their daughter um but there's never been a negative feeling around her graveside it's almost like everyone needed that and so she didn't linger behind she was able to say goodbye because she had that moment where everyone recognized her because she was bullied in school she was belittled and the reason she was murdered was because the younger brother um hated her and he was a bully to her like he was horrible to her so you know i think for her it was just vindicating but it was also positive to hear how much everyone loved her and appreciated her and so she was that butterfly and she flew off to heaven like that's that was the general consensus Mm -hmm. so you i feel like you can go to her grave and you won't you'll only feel positive energy there now so that's just me getting real there you go i opened up a little bit that's my happy thought with shanna should i make an intro for you no this is one and done okay new year's resolution has already been defeated i'm closing off again it's gone okay you got (laughs) if you did make one it would have to end with it's pronounced ouija (laughs) (laughs) no it's um it's gonna be like um i researched that it's correct (laughs) of course i'm right i'm an english teacher I did the research. Thank you. Something along those lines. I, I can make my own. Like I, I can do it's, myself dirty. It's pronounced squeegee. Squeegee. Um, oh, we're gonna get out the squeegee and talk to some ghosts. We're gonna squeegee the ghosts away. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> it's pronounced Lenny Lenape and Iroquois. And <laughs> hi. Hi. I'll be here all day. And night. Day's over, so... I live here. For the second part of this, we are going to talk about the ghosts of Hawk Mountain. um, Because there's a really interesting connection. They're not located close together. Like, the Hawk Mountain is not beside Hexenkopf. But what I like are there's multiple connections between who was there, um, who settled near them, and what happened on them. So, like, you have that kind of eerie place where the negative energy is. I I like that connection. Mm -hmm. And it happens to be in the ghost stories of Lehigh Valley as well. So I am going to kind of, like, mention some stuff out of the book. But then if you really want a good story and you want to learn more about the Dutch Pennsylvanian, like, you know, background, because we do have lots of Dutch people here, including the Amish. Like, so we have a quite the eclectic grouping of Germanic speakers in Pennsylvania, but the hagenbuck.org um, website, it's their own personal family history and um, all their genealogy. And so they, they do I mean, the packet that I have here is just one story of things that have happened, but Hawk Mountain, do you know anything about Hawk Mountain? Uh, vaguely. I've never been. Um, I actually, know that, I actually want to go here. I know that Hawk Mountain, I think that's a place that, um, I remember I had a, a friend of mine in school that was like a boy scout and he eventually became an Eagle scout. And I think that was like Hawk Mountain was one of the places that they used to go a lot. I believe it. On their boy scout. It's gorgeous. Adventure trips. Yep. Well, cause it's between like Berks County and Schuylkill counties. So like, it's kind of like, it's the Lehigh Valley. So it's, you know, it's, it's close to all these places, but it's there. And if you've heard of Blue Mountain School District, that's where it is. It's part of the Blue Mountains. So the book then from uh, Adams Third and Siebold, they say, although the Hawk Mountain Sanctuary, a premier nature center and world renowned refuge for birds of prey, straddles Berks and Schuylkill counties, it is situated just over the Lehigh County line. And indeed, the impact of the ghostly tales which emanate from its wooded depths stretches well beyond its boundaries. While Hawk Mountain and the valleys which spread before it is certainly a showplace of natural splendor, it is also abundant in wild and chilling stories of the supernatural. It is, quite simply, one of the most haunted areas in the United States of America. And that is no idle boast. So I thought that was really cool. Like, it is one of the most haunted places in America for a very 
obvious reason. There's two obvious reasons. One is a direct connection to the Lenny Lenape, mm -hmm. which is why I chose this, um, which is what you mentioned earlier, because you know a little bit about Hawk Mountain. Uh, but also, what happened by Hawk Mountain, Kyle? Do you remember the tavern story? Do you remember? Uh, I don't. I don't remember all the details, but I remember uh, vaguely that there were murders. There was a guy who owned a tavern, and he enjoyed murdering travelers, and possibly <laughs> putting them in the food. Uh, not not just any food. German sausages. <laughs> so, Enjoy the bratwurst. Yes, to be your last. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so to the Lenny. So going back to the book again, to the Lenny Lenape Indians, it harbored a certain sanctity, nudging higher than the hills around it. It was close to their gods. Therefore, it is the site of ceremonies and rituals. Archaeological evidence has been found to verify this, and the deep attachment the Indians had to the mountain may well have been the spiritual spark which ignited the almost demonic flames which cast their frightening glow on all who seek the Hawk Mountain, which is somewhere beyond the realm of the known. And so what you had mentioned is the burnings and... Yeah, that there would be burials and uh, ceremonial burnings of bodies... Yeah. In like caverns, in the caverns around the mountain. Yeah, because our area is very ca cavernous and we, we are like the coal region of America, you know. So there's lots of caves and lots of those natural like inlets and mountains. Um, so they would take some of their war chieftains and some of the major people and they would burn them in there. And that it became like a ritualistic place to like bury their dead. And so on some nights, if the wind moves correctly, you can hear the howling of voices. Woo! <laughs> Ah. No, 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 not, not the raven right now. A little bit later. <laughs> Ducky, ducky. Whippoorwill, whippoorwill. Anyway. So. Beautiful hawk. Where's the, where's the owl? Who? <laughs> Much better. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There we go. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, hey. Uh, so anyway, there there is discussion that you hey, might hear. Hey, boo boo. <laughs> oh, that's a bear. They bear burn. Scare. for the bears. We get a bear scare every time. They burn a guy in that cave. <laughs> oh dear. So, um, so the idea is that you might hear that sound. You might hear the fires crackling too. So the Lenny Lenape do have again that connection from the very beginning. Like Hexen Coffee, it was a place used for rituals because mountains have always been mysterious and a part of the religion to get closer to their gods. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. Know, I was gonna say it makes it, it, it makes sense. You know, like famously, most mountains, you know, the larger mountains, especially if it's like a solitary mountain, have some kind of legendary thing attributed to them because of the fact that it, the idea being whether you believe that your god lived underneath them, or whether you believe or that on a turtle, <laughs> or whether you believe <laughs> that your god could be you know telephoned from the top of them. You know, they they would. It's classic. Yeah, and the reason why for them is, um, you know, in their culture, so the Iroquois especially, but it became part of the storyline for many of these tribes, uh, there was a belief that there is a sky world. And, you know, they're digging by the tree of knowledge and the wife falls through. And so she falls down to earth and she, well, it's all water then. And she would have drowned if it hadn't been for some animals who broke her fall. And then they put her on the back of a turtle, a sea turtle who's swimming around. And a muskrat goes down to the bottom of the ocean and gets dirt for her to turn that into a world. So then you can build up the mountain to get closer to your sky god. So for them, it really is just like, like the ladder, stepping ladder <laughs> to get back up there. And it's turtles all the way down. All, all the, the way, way down. down. Um, so, 
boy oh boy so that's why the Lenny Lenape actually have the their effigies usually are turtles which is kind of cool so anyway um so you have that as the opening but then bad stuff happened on and around Hawk Mountain because the French and Indian War was happening. So in 1755, you have the failed Braddock expedition out near Pittsburgh and the French are winning. And then you get closer to our area where you have the Lenny Lenape breaking their treaty or their rule, I should say, like their connection with the Iroquois League of Nations. And they start openly going out and like guerrilla warfaring. And so you have the uh, Penn's Creek Massacre where they outright kill like, I think it was 21 people. And they take some into um, to slavery. And then they get to Hawk Mountain. And this book is pretty uh, simple. The Again, the Hagenbach um, org goes f- further. But they talk about um, how in 1756, and so a year after what had happened at Penn's Creek, um, it, they start going ahead and attacking people at Hawk Mountain. And so it says the historical references of Indian raids in the area are simple but sobering. And they, they have a brief recording sample here. So in February 1756, so again, just like six months after the October attack on Pence Creek, it says George Zeisloft and wife, two boys and a girl murdered. So that's a family of five just outright killed. Then June, Adam Trump found with a knife and a spear fixed to a pole four feet long in his body. And then uh, Jaeger and his wife and his children are killed. So you have this entire continual, like, these gruesome attacks happening from, like, 1756 all the way to, like, the end of 1758, really, in this area. But the most gruesome, then, is Hawk Mountain, which was the attack on the Gearhart family. And that's where the whole beginning of this sadness begins. So I'm actually going to switch over, then, to the the Hagenbach story. But um, I do want to point out that if you want to read anything about this, my listeners out there, it's H-A-G-E-N-B-U-C-H because it's hard to spell Germanic words if you're not from the area. Like school kill is a fun spell if you're not from the area. And it's .org. But it's awesome. So it's called Schombacher's Tavern, A Real Ghost Story. And so <clears throat> they have a better um, writing of what happened. So I'm going to quote from them. It says, The story begins in February 1756 in the midst of the French and Indian War. Early one morning, a group of Lenape emerged from the forest that covered the Blue Mountains of Albany Township, Berks County, Pennsylvania. Allied with the French, they were intent on murdering colonial families living on the frontier. An account of the attack was documented in a letter from Jean Valentin Props to Jacob Levan. And so he says, I cannot omit writing about the dreadful circumstances of our township, Albany. The Indians came yesterday morning about eight o'clock to Frederick Reichendurfer's house. These names sometimes will tell you what. As he was feeding his horses, two Indians ran upon him and followed him into the field ten or twelve perches behind. But he escaped and ran toward Jacob Gearhart's house with the design to fetch arms. When he came near Gearhart's, he heard a lamentable cry, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, which made him run back towards his own house. But before he got quite home, he saw his house and stables in flames and heard all the cattle bellowing, and thereupon he ran away again. Two of his children were shot. One of them was found dead in his field. The other was found alive and brought to the Hagenbach's house, but died three hours after. All his grain and cattle were burnt up. At Jacob Gearhart's, they are, had killed one man, two women, and six children. Two children slipped under the bed, one of, which, one of which was burned. The other escaped and ran a mile to get help from people. We desire help or we must leave our homes. So that young person who ran away was Jacob Gearhart. And so he is raised as an orphan because his entire family is killed. But that land that was there was still his because it's a family land. And so you flash forward and then he actually ends up building a tavern right there 
where he had basically been hidden in the trees because he hid on Hawk Mountain and watched his family like get murdered. Like that's what he unfortunately saw as he ran away. He watched that all happen. So for some reason, he decides to build a house right <laughs> there. <laughs> um, so he lives there, you know, and again, a beautiful area, but he wasn't really right in the head after all that. No surprise. Um, so he actually died in the early 1800s. He didn't live very long and he sold everything to the Bullock family and they kind of kept running the tavern because it was a great place to have a tavern at the time period. It helped weary travelers who were stopping to give some food to their horses, you know, stay over for a night, whatever. But then in the mid 1800s, so we're talking the 1850s, the most interesting owners of all time yes. <laughs> buy it, Matthias and Margaret Schombacher. And as you mentioned, Kyle, their names are forever associated because Matthias is a pretty messed up human being. So what are some stories that you remember, PJ, of Matthias doing? Um, that uh, there would he that he would uh, get people like all nice and sleepy, like, f you know, overfill them with food and drink. I want to know what was in the food and the drink. Like, what was he slipping them? I mean, it could just be just too much food. Just <laughs> a lot of food. Booze, yeah. yeah. Uh, just a food coma, you know, and, <laughs> I love uh, and then he would just kill them while they slept. Uh, there's a story of one guy who uh, he was able to like wake up in time. Right. And yep. saw, saw him holding like a butcher's knife over him. So he and was he, out. <laughs> he was like, Nope, I'm, a, I'm good. And there was, you know, come mentioned, there is discussion about the possibility there. He had to get rid of the bodies. Right. So there was a barn that no one could go to because, you know, the horses weren't really even over there. It was like, that was his barn. And if you opened it, there is actually a story of a traveler who what got to that. It was barn. a rainy night. And he, yeah, it says, um, um, he, um, Matthias pointed out the barn where the horses could be stabled. As he approached the barn, the horses became spooked and reared up in terror. The impatient man threw down the reins and entered the barn himself. There he saw traces of fresh blood spattered about. The men decided he was better off continuing through the storm than spending the night at the tavern. Um, but that's the barn is where Matthias would chop apart his victims because he had to get rid of the bodies. So he chopped them apart. And if he used it for some German bratwurst, yum. But he would just toss it on Hawk Mountain because bears and other yeah. animals. Well, I do remember the part it. about the well. They thought he was also dumping. Yeah, them in the well. there was a well yep. that wasn't in use and he yep. would just dump things down there. There was a smell around the well, too. Yeah, the well. Look at my house. These wells everywhere, people. Uh, well, I mean, uh, in in some defense, like it was one of those things where if you had a well on your property that that dried up and you had to dig another one that the old well usually became the refuse. I know it can be your trash pile. Yeah. I get it. Actually, people actually like to go into wells and go through that because the trash piles can have like expensive things. Maybe your porcelain cut broke, but it's worth money now. Yeah. So they actually like to dig in those refuse piles. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you take that with a grain. Like I'm, I'm sure after they found out, you know, he was doing these underhanded things. They never knew. Oh, oh, no one ever found out. Mm -mm. That's a, this is all alleged. Oh, okay. <clears throat> no, well, but, it, isn't it? But you know, so, stor stories crop up. You know, all yeah. the sense of oh, I I knew that well smelled bad. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, that makes so much sense now. Well, the 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 sausage story. Yeah, remember, it's the 1750s. So yeah. unless you catch the guy holding the knife that's, and cutting you, like you're not going to get caught. Yeah, and that's based on like you know one or two guys going like that. Hey, this sausage tastes like 
Like, crap, what does yours taste like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this sausage tastes weird, dude. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and the, the the sausage story that we read, that we found, was, this. you know, it was just one guy, and he tasted it and tasted weird, and then he realized there wasn't any cattle or but, yeah, pigs on the property. He didn't keep any animals, except for, like, a horse or two. So, how but for, he... for me, like, I would never deduce that. I'd be like, well, he just ordered it from like the local town it and it went bad venison, or something. Venison. Yeah. So like, doesn't have to I, be I'm not human. sure if I buy that part. This guy seems when I go, I could see him. I, I we've could seen see it. Jeff Dahmer. Like I, I could, could see, this see him doing it. But. These are the best brats on Hawk Mountain. <laughs> the best brats on Hawk Mountain. But you got to put it to like a polka. <laughs> it has to be a pretty note. Yeah. Um, so that was an interesting story. Also, travelers disappeared. And so that's where you have all this circumstantial evidence. Because, again, if you're not caught red-handed, you can't put them in jail. Because the bodies have disappeared because animals have eaten it. Or it's down the wall. No one goes to the well. Go check out the freaking barn. But it's the rural area. You're not part of the major town, right? So no one really cares. Oh, you lost a traveler? No surprise, there's Native Americans out there working. And you like do? Kyle said, it's not like you had maps at this well, time. Now, I can say for him, he bought this in the mid-1800s. So we're talking, it's 1850s and on. So we're getting closer to like, almost getting close to hopeful medicine. But yeah. again, if you weren't caught red-handed, even after the 60s and 70s, if you weren't caught red-handed, it was hard to make a case. But circumstantially, uh, travelers just disappeared. And so one major story I liked was there was this old peddler that came through, an old man, and he was selling all of this old Civil War stuff because it was post-Civil War. Of course, these are relics. He's putting them for sale. He just disappeared. And everybody knew this guy because he had gone to all the towns, all the houses. You know how peddlers worked in this time period. But he just disappeared. And then wouldn't you know it, a couple weeks later, Matthias is hawking Civil War gear down the local town. Hmm. Have a little priest. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, could he have been making extra money off of killing people? Absolutely. Oh, you yeah. know, and if, it, if he sounds insane. So like, could he have been eating it? Yeah. Because the one story you're talking about, it says, yeah, according to one story, a hungry traveler who stopped at the tavern was served a meal of so-called old German sausage. The traveler began eating, but found that the food didn't taste quite right. When he realized there were no pigs or livestock on the property, the man put two and two together. He figured that he might be the next in Traveler's Meal, and he made a hasty escape. Um, so, sure, we'll go with that. But there is a story of Feather Off, um, a man who went over to uh, the barn because he heard some sounds of distress. As he got closer, Matthias just shows up, and he's holding, like, this hatch. He's like, get away from my barn. And Feather's like, okay, bye, you know. Uh, so they did hear people, like, calling for help, you know. Yeah. So, again, find that story interesting. Um, but what is really interesting about the whole thing is he was never charged with any crime because this was, you know, the 1800s. He died in 1879. He died before the turn of the century. Um, but if he had been convicted, at least 11 travelers had disappeared. So that would have made him literally the very first American serial killer. Fun well, fact. And... and you know, for this time period, it doesn't surprise me that he wouldn't be charged with anything because it's so hard to to prove. Yeah. It's all he literally has to say is they moved on. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, they were here. They stayed a night. Mm -hmm. I bought left. some of his stuff. Well, and yeah. Hawk Mountain is notoriously unsafe. Yeah, he, he couldn't pay for his meal or his room. He traded some so Civil traded War his, stuff, yeah. Yeah, he traded his... Yeah. 
merchandise. And part of the story too, like in the book, not in this article so much, Hawk Mountain is very unsafe. There are there is a section of Hawk Mountain where like if you don't take the curve correctly, you're gone. Yeah. So they could have just disappeared on the mountain. And of course, there are all number of you know at this point it's 1879. There's not many Native Americans out there, but there are lots of animals that can get you too. So you know traveling was very unsafe. However, there are rumors about his death, that on his deathbed, he begged to have a pastor come and relieve his sins because he confessed to all the murders. There's also a story that during um, this, this, the, the burial, as the pallbearers are carrying him out, a strike, a lightning struck and it scared them and they dropped the casket and his body was buried face Oops. down. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can, I can imagine he's on his deathbed. He, Father, Father, I, I have to, I have to confess. <laughs> I feel, I feel horrible. But first, have some worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this not the best you've tasted? Um, Would you like hamburger? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I hear burgers are becoming a big thing. A wiener? <laughs> pork, oh pork chop. <laughs> He's just, he's just pulling out different different cuts of meat. How hungry are you? Uh, anyway, but what's bacon? <laughs> what I thought would bring all of this to a close, then though, is on his deathbed. The rumor is it says one tells of how Matthias made a deathbed confession to the murders. In the confession, he claimed that an evil spirit on the mountain whispered to him day and night, encouraging him to act on murderous impulses. Perhaps it was the troubled spirit of Jacob Gearhart or the displaced Lenape who once called Hawk Mountain their home. It was home. a talking dog. With no head. <laughs> Best trick I ever taught him was talking. <sighs> it was it was a giant pig with glowing red eyes. I knew it. I <laughs> named, knew it. J- named Jody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's an Amityville reference. I, I was I was saying it sounds that part sounds very Amityville. The whole like you know voices made yeah. me do it. He wants to do Amityville in the worst way. I have not. Seen I that. do because the original, the original Amityville, like the murders. It's are horrifying. horrifying. They're creepy, and I feel there's something paranormal about them. And then the Warrens get involved, and, <laughs> and well, that's there, a whole different. Well, story. there's a there's a weird thing to that, and not to get into that obviously now, but there's a weird thing to that to where it's one of those cases where it was real, then it was a hoax, mm-hmm. and then it became real again. Because to this day, one of the uh, the the uh, Lutz's one of the sons swears that the things happened. Huh. Not not exactly like they were in the book or the movie. He says a lot of that was embellished BS to sell the yeah. story. Course, yeah. He said, but he's like nobody is going to tell me I didn't get pushed down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. he, and he says, and there's actually some evidence to this that it's because George Lutz was into the occult and that he mm. knew about the murders before they moved in and that he lied and said he didn't, mm. that he knew about them and there was, that was the reason he picked the house mm. was because he wanted to experiment. All right, fine, we'll do Amityville and we'll bring Kyle on. And we'll cut that part and we'll talk about that <laughs> next time. No, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. But anyway, That'll so. That'll be our little, our little like, uh, splice teaser, there, teaser, teaser yeah. for a couple little, weeks. A little now. sizzle. Yeah. <laughs> A little sizzle reel. Uh, 
but the uh, that, that was, was Shanna. Sorry, I'm still thinking up my little podcast thing. Because <laughs> like the the Ryan Reynolds remake, which was terrible, but had a really cool documentary on the murders. It was like a 20 minute documentary, yeah. 25 minutes, and mm-hmm. it was really it's cool. It's grisly. It really is. Which which apparently George Lutz actually he hates the original movie. He hates, but he even hated the Ryan. He was quoted by a friend as saying he hated the Ryan Reynolds version even more because it made him look like a bad dad. Mm. He's like it made it look like he di- he like it made it look like the way Ryan Reynolds portrayed him as if he like never really totally cared about the kids. And he's like and that's just not true. I always loved the kids. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, take that for what it's worth. Well, well, you know, Matthias did not love the travelers. To put in that context, yeah. exact opposite. He didn't, he didn't love the kids. No, he did not. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe his tum-tum. He, <laughs> loved, <laughs> he loved them in his meat yeah. grinder, and he loved their merch. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, would you like the veal? <laughs> <laughs> where are these cows? There are no cows. Poor, uh, pork rinds. <laughs> where are the pork? Where's the pig? <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I believe if we're gonna go to like the whole like is it is it mm-hmm. not haunted? I believe that there is something here at Hawk Mountain, um, because of just the bloodshed that existed. We live in an area like Jersey Town that is just full of all of these Native American skirmishes where death was just such a huge part of our early settlement. These rural communities were not protected at all. Even when Ben Franklin uh, finally talked to the Quaker Commissioner Quaker Society into making um, our first militias to protect us from Native Americans, it was not helpful for us rural folk. You know, it was helpful for the towns. So I think that something exists there, especially if Matthias did murder people. Listen, that's a lot of badness right up in there. That's going to have a lot of negativity and leave that little mark on your area. Your thoughts, PJ? So what all paranormal happened there other than him hearing voices, though? So you'll hear um, voices across the uh, the mountain itself, mm-hmm. right? So you hear the sounds. Yeah. Um, people just disappear on the mountain, which could be because <clears throat> of just how unsafe it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. <clears throat> I can find some stuff in here. Because, like, yeah, sure, there's a bad history, but, like, that doesn't make me automatically think it's haunted. I think uh, drivers and of motor coaches um, have an issue where their cars will just stall. Um, and again, they I, can't... Ha- I hate it when my motor coach just stalls. I know it's an old fashioned. Right <laughs> my there. automobile. My automobile. You get it out and you crank it and you crank it and it just won't turn over. <laughs> um, you'll hear um, people who are speaking only in German and they sound really sad and depressed. Something there. Um, also, the tavern itself is haunted. It's said to have been haunted because of a deaf mute girl of, that lived there. She fell down the steps by accident and she died. Nine, so the tavern itself. Nine Liebe, eine Bratwurst. Nine Liebe. <laughs> so, um, like, I mean, it's totally plausible that a place with that much horror would have would be. Uh, so there's. Um, uh, 80 participants on a ghost tour witnessed and total a totally unexplainable glow in the cemetery which sprawled over the hillside beyond the Schumbacher's grave so 80 people all Aliens. saw a glow that's right who would have thought <laughs> i knew it swamp gas but it's mostly the tavern um because you'll see like lights flickering on and off so in the tavern mm-hmm. itself light switches will flick up and down on their own faucets will turn themselves on and off a bed vibrating levitating strange beams of light extending from the floor to the ceiling of the conversations you'll hear in german sometimes you'll hear the sound of the penny whistle from the deaf mute girl who played it 
um, muted screams and the footsteps of which seem to come out of nowhere and gradually fade. You'll hear screams, of course, towards the barn area too. That's there. And of course, up on the uh, mountains, you'll he- uh, see a great white ghost bird. Hmm. Yes. A white fox, a white bird, fox bird, spirit animals. Is that what they are? So yeah, I, I totally believe that a place with this kind of history would have some kind of activity going on in it. For sure. Yeah, so it says, I mean, again, like, uh, for here, Hawk Mountain is not a hellhole of horror, though. It is a lovely, peaceful place with a world-class bird sanctuary, breathtaking scenery, and friendly people. However, trance mediums and other people have shown up there. And uh, Jim Brett, the sanctuary curator, actually was quoted in talking about it. And he said, yeah, my grandfather was a powwow doctor. And once he took us kids to the furnace where he worked, and then he showed us uh, all of that. And he, you know, took us to the mountain too. So, like, you have that, it's, again, that powwow doctor thing popping up again. Yeah. So it's more of a tavern. So it's right there. Because the tavern's built on the mountain edge, <laughs> like, where, you know, uh, Gearheart watches somebody yeah. die. So, again, I don't know if I'd build a house there. That's interesting. Yeah. But again, a lot of people died there. So again, you're going to have hauntings because you have that place of disturbance, that place of horrible death, like a hanging or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be true. Plus, I lived in a house. So had... You lived in a house? So, yeah, but now it's a cardboard box. I had to downsize. Mm, oh, I'm sorry. Hence the no clothes. You know, just can't afford them. <laughs> had to hawk them. Matthias took them and stole them and sold them. Uh, darn Matthias. What do you think, Kyle? Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to base this off of the the fact that it was uh, having never been there, uh, having uh, not a whole lot of knowledge of any secondhand knowledge even necessarily. Of, like, I don't know anybody that's yeah. been there and experienced yeah. something. Um, Let's go. But I will base it. I, I would say it's plausible to, mm-hmm. to do a little Mythbusters-esque. It's plausible because... Um, Taverns as a whole tend to be, I think that because they're like a waypoint place, they're like a place where people are coming and going and you're getting this, like taverns in in the sense of this time period. And even now when you stay in certain places like this, it's not as prevalent now because you have like bed and breakfast, Airbnb, you know, regular hotels. But at this time period... There's a bit of a strange kind of energy or spirit to a tavern. People coming, people going, people, you know, some people are um, experiencing intense moments of their lives Mm -hmm. in these taverns. And then you also have the local people who are just there all the time, Mm -hmm. you know. And so coming from a place where back where I live, and I think I mentioned this the last time I was here, we have the 1818 Tavern. And that's original to the area when it was, uh, instead of Palmer Township, it was Sipesville. And um, during the the Getter um, situation, you know, all these, uh, there's all these historic buildings, the old Sipe House, and the 1818 Tavern is one of them. And there's um, evidence that, that, you know, back as far well into the past, it was a stopping point, some kind of an inn at Mm -hmm. the very least, where people could come, get a bite to eat, get their horses watered and fed. And at the time period, it was like another like day's ride to get into Easton proper. Like now, if you go down so like kind of place to like train train out your horses. Yeah, if you go down soon. like two forty eight and down Northampton Street, you're in Easton in five minutes. 
But back then it was like from the 1818, it was another day to get down into Easton. So that was like the stopping off point coming down the old, um, what was it called? It used to have a name. What was it called? Before it was 248, it was like Old Northampton Road or something like that. And that was like the main thoroughfare to get into Easton from, you know, um, up the way, Bethlehem, Allentown. Mm -hmm. Although there wouldn't have been an Allentown at that time. Um, And the 1818 is haunted. They have experiences there. They've seen figures there. They have a chair that no matter how many times they put it back in the corner where it belongs, when they come in to open up the next day, it's in the center of the office. (laughs) So, so yeah, I mean, and that's the owner of, that's like the owner of the 1818 told me about the chair, you know, he was like, uh, and he was actually at the time a new owner. And I just happened to ask him, I'm sitting there drinking my beer. And I said, uh, I said, hey, uh, uh, Stemmy, uh, that's a, it's now Stemmy's 1818, a little plug there for Stemmy's 1818. <laughs> we should get paid for that, too. I said, hey, Stemmy, I said, uh, word is the place is haunted. And uh, and he, like, without missing a beat, he just looks at me and goes, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> he goes, yeah, he goes, we got a chair that we it won't stay put, you know. He's like, no matter how many times you you place it back where it belongs, it's in the middle of the room when you come in in the morning. You know, so if the 1818 can be haunted and that was in a, for the most part, more well-developed area. Didn't have a guy making German sausages. (laughs) That hadn't seen murders, disappearances, Mm -hmm. killings, you know, all this kind of stuff. Then I think it's highly plausible that a place like this could easily be Got that negative juju. So that's my long-winded Yes, yes, I think it's this plausible. This is the Kyle show this week. No, it's okay. You're our guest. We like your ideas. Plus, you lived here. So I like going, when you were there, what did you do? Now, let's be honest. One last question. Did you bring your Ouija board up onto Hexenkopf? No, no. We actually thought about it. <laughs> okay. We thought about it, and the determination was made that that was a, that was a bad idea. No, it was in the car. Yeah. <laughs> did you go up there before or after the pool incident? Ooh, that's a good question. It was in college, um, you said, right? No, no, no. This, this was this was high school. Um, we went up there. I think it would have been after. So we got smart. Got it. All right, yeah. we learned <laughs> a thing or two because they'd seen a thing or two. But I'll tell you, if I went back, you know what I would do? No, good lord, no. I would do the Estes method if I went back there now. STDs. No. Listen, um, they're STIs now, but no, that's where you take you take a like a spirit box, one of those little units that like scans through all the radio frequencies like so fast, like it's like scanning through all the frequencies like you know so many times a second, and um, you put on noise canceling headphones and blindfolds, so then you can't hear like your partner, and the other person asks the questions that you can't hear. All you're hearing is the scanning. And then whatever you hear in the white noise of the scans. You say it out loud. You say it out loud. And you try to see if it matches the questions to see if you're getting like intelligent responses. Sounds like a, I'm imagining like Sandra Bullock right now in Bird 
is it Bird Box? Like with the, the so I don't want to I don't want to use your your podcast. I know you, I know for the most part you guys like warn people off like messing yeah. with this. So, but I'm I, that's one thing that I would love. Well, because here's the thing: before you said that, I was so proud of you <laughs> for not taking the Ouija board up onto the mountain. That I was going to say you're off not the naughty list, but now I'm like, nope, you're right back on. <laughs> well, like how creepy would it be? You're blindfolded and you can't hear anything except. And then all of a sudden you hear, hi. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, jeez. Yeah, all you're, all you're hearing is like this. It's going through all of the radio frequencies like so many times a second. So you're just hearing like. Yeah. And so the. Like, I, no, ca, 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 ca. The, <laughs> there might be caca somewhere else <laughs> if you hear the voice. But, <laughs> but the idea being that it's scanning so fast that it eliminates that idea that you could pick up just random radio chatter mm -hmm. because it's way too fast to pick up like a word or a phrase. You got to so, stop plugging this now. So if you get a, like a word or a phrase, it's got to be over so many frequencies mm -hmm. that it would be impossible. And so if you hear a word or a phrase and it's all in the same voice, the idea is that Kyle, that would we have to be communication. That on this website or this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off now. But I'm dying yeah. to do it. <laughs> dying to do man you speak with verbal irony sometimes i would not be walking up there with that um so we're gonna go to hex and cough on a different day when you're not doing that but we'll all go to the hawk mountain together because it's and hillview lovely. manor yeah maybe i'll do it at hillview manor oh, <laughs> no we want to interview carrie <laughs> carrie if you're listening again carrie we will not do this <laughs> we promise to not bring that although she'd probably be like cool bring it let's see what happens all right well Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being here, Kyle. We appreciate you, and good luck on your podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate this being on. <laughs> I just love every time that you're on. All right. Good times. Uh, good times. <laughs> Please join you know, us. Kyle, we, you've been such an avid listener, and we really appreciate your input. Thank you so much. Yes. Is there anything you would like to share to the group, Shannon? No. I just want to do my sign-off. <laughs> this is Dr. Fraser Crane. Signing off. And <laughs> NPR. <laughs> anyway, so stay tuned Love for it. next week, too, when we're going to discuss <laughs> the Robert doll I've decided. Um, but for now, if you enjoy this podcast, listen to all of our other stories. Listen to Laura and Ray's stories, our well house stories, hence the name of the podcast. Everyone's stories. Kyle's got some good ones. If you liked his smooth as jazz voice, he's got his own. It's called Cause on the Naughty List. All right. But we also have other podcasts. We have Games Overboard. That is our baby that started the whole thing. What's that about, PJ? Uh, we review board games and talk about like all the fun stories they tell and things like that. We also have our podcast, Danger and Dice, which we're going to start our whole campaign this coming week, which is exciting. Up until now, we've been doing one-offs. Yep. That's a fun story of uh, our friends getting together and just doing some crazy antics through D&D. So have a lovely week. And yep. Thanks. Find us on Facebook. I'll write that. Check us that. out on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Send us emails. We worked really hard on the Facebook until I forgot about it. <laughs> and click that bell. <laughs> <laughs> click that like and that share button. Watch our Facebook for upcoming giveaways. All right. Have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you next week.